재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵 There are a lot of concerns over the economy. Many people wondering, are we headed for another global recession? China slowing down. The World Bank projecting that economies like Brazil and Russia will shrink this year. Uh, there are uh, concerns over the slumping oil prices. Global markets have been volatile. Uh, U.S. stocks indeed have uh, suffered the worst ever start to the year. Uh, markets across Europe, Asia, and Africa also uh, very much in a volatile state. Uh, we've talked about all of that. But there is one bright spot in the global economy, and that is India. Uh, they have been growing, and they were uh, growing quite fast in 2015. They're set to become the fastest growing economy in 2016. So we're going to find out why uh, India has been able to buck the trend. Uh, we're going to get some uh, economic analysis on that. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a KakaoTalk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. Joining us here in the studio, very pleased to have our good friend from Catholic University of Korea, our economics guru, Professor Yang Jun Suk. Professor Yang, thank you very much for joining us. Happy to be here. So we haven't uh, focused on, on India uh, in this uh, discussion in much detail, but this is going to be interesting. Uh, first, the Prime Minister, Narendra, uh, Narendra Modri, uh, he, since he's taken office, um, inflation has gone down. The, the rupee, the currency is stable. Uh, GDP growth uh, uh, quite strong in the 7% range. Uh, they have now overtaken China in that uh, rate growth. So in a nutshell, what is Modi doing in terms of an economist's point of view. Okay, well, if you remember back to 2013, they almost got into a foreign exchange rate crisis because they had a lot of foreign uh, investment that was trying to escape because they thought that perhaps the U.S. Fed would raise its interest rate. So they almost went into a foreign exchange rate crisis then, and Modi came in power next year, uh, 2014. And if you look at the uh, newspaper articles that were uh, published around that time, uh, the business and economists were really hoping that Modi would implement uh, very strong pro-market uh, reforms. Well, uh, if uh, if you look at the articles that's been published since the uh, uh, latter half of last year, uh, he did uh, manage a lot of reform, but not as market-oriented as a lot of businesses and economists have hoped. Uh, he did manage to uh, uh, get rid of a lot of corruption, uh, restart a lot of infrastructure projects that has been halted before uh, he came into power, but they were also hoping that they, he would uh, make prices more uh, free and uh, get rid of a lot of uh, populist subsidies, and he, haven't been able to done, uh, he hasn't been able to do that. Uh, also, uh, you mentioned that uh, he did have a uh, he did manage lower inflation and they did manage to get out of the uh, financial crisis. Uh, his the uh, head of the Indian Central Bank right now is a uh, uh, economist named uh, Raghuram Rajan. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. 
And he was the IMF chief economist from 2003 to 2007. So he's got some credentials. He has very much. Uh, he has a lot of credentials, and he's written books and articles about how the uh, world got into the uh, global financial crisis. So he's been doing a lot to uh, get India to weather out not only the Indian. Uh, financial crisis, but global financial crisis. And of course, we'll talk more about some of the uh, issues you've pointed out. Uh, but as far as the fact that India was able to surpass China in GDP growth last year, they're set to become the fastest growing economy for this year, 2016. What are the main drivers of this growth and why is it seemingly um, the fact that India seems to be more resilient. Even uh, countries like China are not immune to this sort of global malaise we're experiencing. Okay, it's a paradox. Uh, usually we think that if a country is more globalized, then they grow faster. Uh, now, uh, India has a 7% growth rate, which is very good. But say, com compare that to the period when China was growing at its fastest rate, which was close to uh, 10%. Uh, compared to that, it's been slow partially because India is not as globalized. So in so during the time when globalization was helping countries to grow, it sort of sheltered itself from that growth. So it was registering a bit lower growth than, say, China. Uh, but now, since the global economy is in such a malaise, uh, China is, I'm so, excuse me, India is sort of walled off from that mm. to a quite extent. So that's partially why the uh, growth rate seems so high. And the uh, per capita uh, Indian uh, GDP is only in about uh, $1,600 range right now. China is in $8,000 range. So um, it's actually somewhat easier to achieve higher growth rate if your per capita GDP is lower. Mm. Uh, so uh, that's why you see a lot of, uh, lot of countries, both developing and uh, developed, at the beginning of their development, they grow very quickly. And then as their uh, per capita GDP grows, they're... Uh, uh, growth rate slow. So there are some caveats to that. They're a little bit less, I suppose, uh, I guess, exposed to some of what's going on globally is what you're saying. But at the same time, that also means then when it is uh, the boom period in the global economy, they're not necessarily going to achieve that rapid growth as well. You mentioned the globalization. Of course, that would include then Korea as an economic power. We often just constantly talk about China and how important it is for South Korea. Uh, is what is going on in India something that uh, Korea can benefit from or capitalize on? How is, how is the bilateral relationship right now? Okay, bilateral relationship is not as large as we would hope. Uh, the uh, the uh, excuse me, let me just look up the uh, data here. Uh, the uh, the uh, tr trade with uh, India is less than say 2% of our total exports. In fact, the uh, uh, India is the seventh largest export target for Korea in 2015, but it only accounted for about 2% of our total exports. And then Korea's import side, uh, India was the 23rd largest import, importer, uh, importing nation. So, and uh, we only expect, uh, imported total of maybe 1% of our total imports from India. So in that sense, uh, even though India is a very large economy, it's a third or fourth largest economy in the world, uh, we're not really trading that much with it. Uh, but we are uh, recording a large uh, trade surplus with it. 
So India is not very happy about that. Uh, we did sign a sort of an FTA with India. Uh, it's called SIPA because it doesn't open as fully as FTA. So a lot of Korean companies have taken advantage of it. But compared to, say, India's size, uh, we're not taking as full an advantage as we could. Right. So uh, we have a lot of those factors in play. You mentioned India is not as globalized as uh, the other emerging economies like China, and perhaps that is one of the factors as to why uh, Korea has not been able to necessarily uh, benefit as uh, greatly. We're going to try to uh, get more details on this, of course, uh, with India's growth and all this media attention paid to why uh, they seem to be doing better than some of the other emerging economies. We'll focus on that um, uh, go into some of the factors as to why India has been successful and also this overriding discussion on emerging economies and where the uh, often bandied about term BRICS uh, may now be sort of an anachronistic concept because of the fact that uh, a couple of the BRIC nations now are not doing very well. Stay tuned for all that. You're listening to Primetime.